Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. The point really is, though, that I was making about Mark was all everything you said is completely true. But he is very, very articulate. I have seen him on a number of the news programs, and he is able to he is able to speak to these points. He's able to say, "We're going to do. Right. We're trying to do this, and here's the reason why." But he says it in language that everyone can understand. And I think when the previous leadership of Congress, either the Senate, the current leader of the Senate, and uh, to a certain, even the current leader in the House, but much more so when Boehner was the leader, these people absolutely cannot connect with the American people. Nope. And when they try to, it actually just comes out almost uh, like pandering. And, um, you know, it really, there's also a level of trust that has to be maintained in, in their Congress or in the legislature. And when they get up and they talk, and there's like a prepared speech or something for them, you can really kind of see it. You can even hear it between the lines, and it's very disheartening. So, um, so what we're talking about here, and it bring, to go back to your original point, uh, yes, yes. your original point is, is that the Republican, Republicans are being pr- portrayed as being obstructionist at every turn, uh, no matter what it is, whether it's the Supreme Court or Obamacare or, or no matter what it is, Anything that they do to uphold their agenda, the other side turns into being obstructionist. How do you go about fighting that? Well, it's very simple. You call it up. You call it up in in today's news media. You know, because 2013 was allowed to be drugged to the mud so much, because we did not stand on what we had done that year, with the the government that was forced to be shut down because Kerry Reid would not allow us to pay for it, you know, he requires omnibus bills now. You know, the Democrats and the, the leadership in the uh, Senate require omnibus bills. They require everything to go in in one go, which is not necessary. This is a this is a doctrine that has been basically fabricated by this leadership and by this legislature. That is, you know, I don't know why, Dr. Dan, I don't know why McConnell does this. I don't know why Paul Ryan, you know, enforces this. There, it is perfectly within their rights to pass budget pieces to pay for military, to pay for various things at once, you know, one at a time, so to allow for more discussion. But they don't do it, and it's very much to our detriment. And so, if they had, if they were able to, like, kind of harken back to those old bills, they'd point out that the reason why the Harry Reid wouldn't allow us to allow the bills to go through is because we wouldn't vote 
on the part of Obamacare that ultimately wound up killing it. And that is, it, it's created so many, it's destroyed, excuse me, it's destroyed so many jobs that um, everyone's out turning against it. The fact that the premiums are going through the roof is definitely a part of it, but a huge baseline is that going in and destroy jobs, and even before it went in, people are already calling jobs. And it's only gotten worse ever since then. So, if you know, here we are, and we did the right thing, 2013, but we're not even talking about it. We're like we're we're just we're accepting it as a huge defeat, when in fact we fought as hard as we could for the best cause ever, and no one's even talking about it. So, I mean, I, I really I don't know the build numbers. I wish I could have just recite them off, but there were like five, like six, maybe seven, even bills that were put before the Senate to be voted on. They were put on Harry Reid's desk. And it's just, it's a, it's a sham that we're that we're cast in this light. And going into this SCOTUS thing, we're being told we have to vote for this uh, nominee. We have to get him passed by Obama. And that's not the case. You know, the Senate, is supposed to, they, was, they are supposed to, you know, advise the president. If that advice is, you know what, your guy's not good enough, then we'll say no. But to me, it's just... I just wish people knew the power and the duty, the responsibilities of our Congress, because at that point, they would be like, you know what, we'll listen to them, and we'll let them do their jobs without telling them how to do their jobs. Because there's, they, those men have such a responsibility on their shoulders if they only didn't have to play such an intricate and stupid game. Well, you know, so, uh, I want to touch on something you brought up a few minutes ago, which I think is really very important and people don't understand. The Congress, specifically the House of Representatives, does have the legal authority to bring up individual spending bills for individual parts of the government. Uh, mm -hmm. There's absolutely nothing in the Constitution that prevents that from occurring. So mm -hmm. this demand, the, the demands by Harry Reid and the Democrats that these omnibus bills get put forward and passed is really, it is not a requirement. So what you're saying is that, the, that what we should have done is to continue to put forward individual spending bills, like for the military, for Social Security, for whatever. We did. Those are all things that we did pay for. We had, we had set aside, we had prepared budgetary funds for them, but Reed would not bring them to a vote. It, he literally caused the government to shut down, and we got the bill for it. And we that, got, and right there, that is the fault of the leadership of the GOP for not standing on the Capitol steps and screaming and yelling. Wouldn't you say so? I totally agree with that, completely. So how Absolutely. do you solve? So how do you solve that? <laughs> you you kind of ask. You know, I just <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> we voted for Burr again uh, yesterday, and so. Uh, I hope that those people that voted for him are happy and capable and willing to mail him, to email him, and to litter his desk with, the, with that question. In written format, in email format, in voicemail, I wouldn't care, as long as they can give us an answer to that question, Dr. Dan, because you know what? I'm waiting. I'm waiting for an answer. So um, I, I think that, you know, waiting for... Um, more people to join, you know, the Liberty Caucus in D.C., more people to 
join the uh, fight for smaller government and for, you know, responsible government and for a strong GOP. These are things that we're all waiting and anticipating and hopefully voting for. So, um, I don't know. Um, I hope that my perspective today has been enjoyable and hopefully educational or inspiring in some way. Um, I do have to get going pretty soon, but thank you very much for having me on. If you can give me at least another five, you know, we can talk about, uh, we can go back to talking about the Liberty Caucus. And so really, this also comes down, Mike Lyons, to the basic, the basic philosophy of Republican Party establishment versus people like the Liberty Caucus. I mean, that's what we're really talking about here. We've had a we've had Republican establishment in power, people with money, people who have family power, uh, families who've been in power for years and years and years. That's what we got in this country right now. Not just on the Republican side, but the Democrat side as well. And people like the Liberty Caucus, they get it. They understand that that is what we are fighting if we want to remain free. So let's talk about the Liberty Caucus. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And I think there's, a, there's actually a good bit to talk about, but I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Uh, with what I am seeing and I'm hearing in a lot of the establishment Republicans, because being involved with the party for the past four years, I've gotten close with many people who are leading the establishment in North Carolina. I understand their desire to do right, but unfortunately they have a different take on it. And that take is that we want policies, we want laws, we want ambitious ideas about how our government should be limited and how laws should be drafted. And that is the ongoing thing, is that we want these partnerships. We want these, and this is where plan, uh, you know, uh, private-public partnerships will actually drive our, our party, I think, in the wrong direction. Because when we want ambitious projects to be paid for, and, um, and honestly, that kind of feeds into cronyism directly. Um, American level, highest level cronyism is whenever we have these federal projects and subsidies that are going out. And to get to that policy passed, we, as one person recently said, we ebb and tide. It's like we go one way or just a little bit just to make sure that we can get what we want. And then we go the other way to get, you know, to get, give them a little bit of what they want. And we go back and forth until eventually we're left with this very, very large government. So, this idea of we want policies, we want government money, is truly, I think, uh, and a um, one of the heads of the Republican Party it is the establishment head that we want the, our our projects and our goals paid for and passed. When really, a lot of Republicans today simply want the government to shrink; they want it to roll back, and that is um, so. We have these two philosophies within the Republican Party that truly conflict one with a, I mean, at their basic level. And it's, um, it's a very fun, like, phenomenal fight, honestly, to watch this. In my opinion, as I watch it, I'm like, we have men trying to get good projects passed, and then we have other men and women trying to, well, simply shrink the size of government. And I, I don't know what the solution is yet, how to change the mind of those people who want private-public partnerships who want subsidies and who want these good projects, as they say, um, passed, it is very difficult for us or anyone to say, um, you know what, 
keep them, kick them back to the state. That, I think, is the answer to it, is to encourage them to kick the responsibilities back to the state. But uh, that's difficult because, I mean, and trying to deliver that message to them is a very big part of, oh, no, I think the future fight, what, where it will go. But the Liberty Caucus, for the time being, does understand the game. It knows that you have to, to join together in the, the election process we currently enjoy. We have to stand and fight and, you know, send out our message about who the best candidates are that will bring small government about. So um, the Liberty Caucus is, the dog, is our dog in the fight. And I hope that people have a chance to join it, you know, uh, be a part of it. Uh, we are looking for more, more officers out here in the western counties. And um, going forward, I think a lot of people are going to need a, um, a place that they can agree with. Because if we're all going to be Republicans, we don't all have to agree. But what we do need to do is to get our people elected. We have to be in groups that we agree with. And that was something that our vice chair, Michelle Nix, was talking about recently, is that you don't have to agree with everyone, but talk with people and work with people that you do agree with. And then at the, after, the, you know, after the primaries, after those insights are you know, settled, get behind the candidates and vote for them you know, against the Democrats. You know, Mike Lyons, you really have articulated exactly what most people are feeling, that all of this dealing that's going on in Washington, D.C., all the money that's changing hands, is buying nothing but wealth and power for the people in power. And what has happened is we down here in, in the, the lower, the, lower the, out, the outskirts, the, the, the rural areas, the, the local areas, we don't have the power. It's been taken away from us. And what you said is very right. Every, it's always a trade-off. They don't accept the PAC money. They don't accept uh, you know, K Street lobbyist money without giving something up in return. And what they're giving up is control over our lives. So they, our rights. That is what's they're happening. They're sacrificing our rights. They're sacrificing our freedom for their prosperity in Washington, D.C., now, you've been following national politics, I know. What do you think all of this vote against the establishment on both sides, Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump, and to a certain degree, Ted Cruz, they are getting, they are getting the lion's share of the public vote because more and more people are waking up. We are getting screwed by those people in it's, Washington. It's one word. It's one word, Dr. Dan. Trust. You know, um, we see in Donald Trump the fact that he carries his vices on his shoulder, you know, on his sleeve. And so we trust that we see the devil um, that we're going to get with Cruz, with Rubio and Kasich and all the others that have come before them. Um, it is a really matter of trust. We don't trust them. And that's one of the reasons why Bernie does has done, you know, as well as he has to a degree is because we don't trust uh, a lot of Democrats didn't trust um, Hillary. You know, I was at the polls, and that's what I heard over and over again, is that the vote wasn't for Bernie, it was against Hillary. I mean, and that's just, you know, it's an ongoing theme that America is, America is saying, we don't trust you anymore. And well, there was, um, well, there, if I may, just the, one the, last thing. Yeah. There's, there's a um, general at an intelligence meeting, I think, last year. It was, 
in the late summer or fall, I believe, and they had a brief. And in that brief, he says, we haven't yet lost the public trust, so we're fine. We're good. And I'm like, dude, if you haven't lost the public trust, you're really dang close and you need to be coming up with a fallback plan. Because, you know, that's the thing is they don't think they've lost the public trust. But I think Donald Trump is a wake-up call to all of those people that matter, that they have to rethink their, their strategies. They have to rethink their policies and the way that they're going to start, they're going to approach public policy because we're not going to be giving the power for much more and for much longer. You know, I agree with you, Mike Lyons. I mean, and, and, and really what we're seeing here is the result of decades of mistrust. And the mistrust of the population is very well-founded because we have been lied to repeatedly over and over and over and over again. Amen. People yes, come, they, they run for, people run for elected office, they say one thing, they get up to Washington, they do something entirely different. Uh, and what you're seeing now in the country is a, a very vibrant example of what happens when a population slowly, gradually, and then suddenly understands what is going on. When the light bulb goes on, then you see what we're having right now. The non-establishment candidates are getting the vast majority of the votes in both parties for that very reason. The, the, light, the light is gone. Oh. It's not unfortunate because that's what happens. That is what Thomas Jefferson envisioned as what will happen when the federal government gets huge, overbearing, becomes tyrannical. The public will rise up, eventually will rise up and say, we have had enough. Yes, sir. And, I'm uh, at, and at that point, Mike Lyons, I want to say thank you so very much for being an incredible guest. You've allowed us to discuss really the most critical issues of our day here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum and Freedom Forum Radio. Mike Lyons, thank you for being our guest. Thank you, sir, and I hope you all have a blessed weekend. You too. Bye. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. They call them muddy waters. And people I just love to hear that old man sing. Yeah, when I play the hoochie-coochie man I get joy in everything Everything, everything Everything gonna be all right this morning Have you been by Fireside Hearth and Home Shop lately? No, why? 
They just got a ton of new Yeti gear in. Hats, shirts, cups, and of course, coolers. Man, I didn't realize that they had all that, and it's right here in town. Yep. I have to get another Yeti Rambler because my wife keeps using mine. Yeah, I heard that they keep drinks cold for hours. Mine held ice all day, so my wife hijacked it. That's why I'm getting another one. Grilling season is coming up, too, and I've been eyeing a big green egg. I love mine. It's the best grill out there, and it's a blast to cook on. They also have everything else you need to grill with. They even have something called a loof lighter that can start your grill in under two minutes. My wife started cooking with a lodge cast iron that she got from Fireside and will not cook on anything else now. I'm not complaining, though. Fireside Hearth and Home Shop is located at 54 Canterbury Road in Murphy on Highway 64, behind Rib Country. Drop by or call them at 837-4343. At Fireside Hearth and Home Shop, we're not just hearth, we're home. Get ready for one of the most exciting events at Tri-County Racetrack in Brasstown, North Carolina. Come out on April 22nd for the 3,000 to win Super Late Model Spring Championship, plus racing in four other classes. Don't miss the first huge Super Late Model race of the year at Tri-County Racetrack in Brasstown. Ray and the gang are joined by drivers from all over the country for this one. So don't miss out on the Super Late Model Championship at Tri-County Racetrack in Brasstown on Friday, April 22nd. For more information, go to tricountyracetrack.com. That's tricountyracetrack.com. 